0: Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at WBEZ.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. As we've covered on the show in the past, being a teacher or student during the COVID-19 pandemic is really, really tough. WBEZ's Education Desk wanted to take listeners inside that story in an intimate way and the result is an audio documentary from reporter Sarah Karp. Sarah spent months following a second grade teacher in Chicago who's working to make sure her 17 students can learn and thrive during a time of incredible challenges. This piece blew us away here at Reset and we wanted to share Sarah's work with you. So here it goes.
1: Today, we're going to examine what's likely to be one of the pandemic's worst legacies, the upheaval it's causing for education. I spent the fall with a group of second graders who are learning remotely. They're from Chicago's Little Village neighborhood on the southwest side. The children are eager to learn and lots of fun to be around.
2: piñata, piñata.
1: But off the screen, the immigrant families in this mostly low-income community are stressed to the breaking point. More COVID sickness, more death, devastating job losses. And their children are in jeopardy. If they fall behind now, they might never catch up. But these 7- and 8-year-olds are also lucky. Their public school, Salcedo Scholastic Academy, is highly rated. The parents are trying really hard, and their teacher is experienced, determined, and an immigrant herself. Still, a question hovers over each day ahead. Will these children make it? Olga Contreras walks slowly up the stairs towards room 215. She feels like crying. This is life. It's a cloudy, rainy first week of school. She could have taught from home, but figured, even though it was remote, she'd be a better teacher from her own classroom. But now it's hitting her. Yellow plastic chairs pulled under empty desks. Blank bulletin boards dotted with holes. Baskets of books in the corner, waiting. She sits down at a table just two feet high, opens her laptop perched on some textbooks. Hola, como estas? Hola, Anthony. Hi, Damien. Now Olga's spirits rise. The children pop, pop, pop into the virtual classroom. A little girl with wide red-framed glasses, another with a bunny ear headband, a boy with chubby cheeks and spiky hair, and the one whose brown eyes sparkle in a dark room. His name is James. And they see her, their teacher, with curly brown hair and dimples when she smiles. Uh-huh. 17 children, her smallest class ever. Olga is delighted to see one girl show up. Olga met her and her mom in person to show them how to log on. Logging on is only the first challenge. By the very next year in third grade, if these children can't read well, studies show they could be in serious trouble. Though it's harsh to say, it's a predictor of dropping out, poverty, even ending up in prison. Another hurdle, this is a bilingual class, so they have to learn English too. Should I say
2: them in English or Spanish? What do you prefer, Heidi?
1: Olga starts off slowly. For the children to move forward, she says they have to feel safe.
2: Okay. we were deciding, we were predicting. So this first week,
1: Olga reads a story about a resilient little girl up against a lot of challenges. It's a jumping-off point to get the children talking about times they were sad and how they got through it.
2: Okay, Damien, ¿nos puedes contar tu historia? Uh-huh.
1: One boy says he's so sad that he can't go on the slides with the playgrounds shut down. Olga suggests he imagine he's a scientist and create one himself. I hope you feel better. Bye, Jacob. Bye. At the end of class, Bye. one girl points her computer's camera toward a fish tank.
2: Oh, I love those fish. Look at that.
1: She's at her mother's workplace. This is good news. Before school started, the girl's mother came to Olga very upset, telling her the girl would be at home with someone who could not help her. Olga suggested childcare offered by the school district. She said, no, I don't want to send her anywhere
2: because the virus, I'm, I'm afraid of it. I already lost two family members. Olga told her she had a choice. I said, you know what, it's up
1: to us. What do we want? Do we want her just to be sitting in front of TV? So far, the mother is making it work. Many of the children have parents or grandparents sitting right next to them. But some are like the mother of this little girl, frustrated by having to take on school while worrying about sickness and keeping a job. Like the mother of James, the bright-eyed boy in the dark room. At first, his mother refused to come by the school to pick up his workbooks. Are you saying on Monday I'm gonna say, boys and girls, take the book out, and and he's not gonna have anything? She's like, yeah. Finally, the mother agreed. But when she came, she wasn't happy. Still, Olga thanked her and lavished her with compliments. She thinks the woman might be lonely and overwhelmed. Her husband works a lot and she's far from her native Ecuador. I know what the parents go through. I was one of them. She truly was. After class one day, Olga tells me how she traveled from Mexico as a young mother. She and her husband worked picking strawberries and later in a factory that made labels. She remembers how hard it was to be in a cold city far from home. There's a warmth and familiarity between Olga and the parents. But that bond means she takes the performance of her students personally. Olga doubts these children from poor immigrant families will be given much leeway if the pandemic leaves them behind. And she's already noticed something troubling. When she asks questions, they don't answer in full sentences, just one word. This class is gonna need a lot of
2: conversational skills. I was shocked when I asked to retell one of their stories. They couldn't.
1: She attributes it to many things, stressed out parents letting children watch too much TV and having too little conversation. In her culture, the Mexican culture, she says a lot of weight is put on respecting elders and on humility. In our culture, it's mostly commands. Bring the salt. Do your homework. Take care of your baby brother. Conversation skills are critical. They're the foundation of learning to read and write. Still, Oga sees this situation as an opportunity. Many parents divide school
2: and home. Here, teacher, here, here, I'm gone, I'm out. So, but now we have an advantage.
1: Now they have to do it because they're there. She has a plan to break through. She'll create projects parents can do with their children. Fun projects. Outside Saucedo, the school's parking lot is a COVID-19 testing site. In the spring, Little Village had some of the highest COVID-19 rates in the whole city. But by September, only a slow trickle of cars pulls up. Inside the school, by week two, Olga and her students are getting comfortable online. What did you have for lunch?
2: I had for lunch mm-hmm. um, macaroni and cheese. Oh, that sounds so good. That's not a nice
1: lunch. And noodles. Ooh, that's double pasta. That's good. Today, she's excited to announce the first big assignment. With their parents, they will each make a poster celebrating their own family and culture. Wow. As she talks, she sees a boy named Mark with his fingers in his mouth. He's making a funny face. At other moments, he's rocking in his chair or upside down with only his stick legs on the screen. Olga stops and tells him, you have to remember to control your body, face, and hands. She shakes her head. No loose-tooth excuse. You distract the whole class. Mark needs help staying focused. But remote learning doesn't allow for the subtle techniques that she'd use if they were together. Gracias. Okay, chicos. Olga moves on. Después, she shows the class her own de poster de as an example. The picture de in the middle is of familia, her parents, más, her new husband, and her three grown sons, all engineers. engineers. They made it, she's telling the children, and so can you. The children are delighted to see Olga's family.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: She tells the families to come by the school to pick up poster boards they can use for their own presentations.
2: Bye. When
1: the students Bye. are leaving, Bye. this Bye. happens.
2: Okay, otra vez, intentalo.
1: Eric doesn't know how to okay, get out Eric. of Google Classroom. Olga asks him, is anyone home? Eric says only his brothers are there. Oga tells him to move the cursor to to the red dot and push it. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) He didn't know how to get out. He was so scared. (laughs) This is not unusual. (laughs) Lots of brothers and sisters are taking care of siblings. Oga also notices something else about remote learning. For shy children, talking on a camera can be terrifying. It's the second week of school, and some boys and girls haven't said a word. James, the boy whose mother didn't want to pick up the workbooks, is one of them. He keeps his microphone muted. But today, his mother sends Olga a proud voicemail. James is counting out loud. At this point, Olga is still optimistic that she can help her students make up for lost time fairly quickly. But you're going to see this class in November, and it's going to be
2: like. it's, It's amazing how much the kids can, the potential that they have. Have a nice
1: weekend, honey. On Friday of week three, some parents come to pick up poster boards outside the school for the first big project. It's a sunny, warm day, and Mark hits a scooter, and the other boys run beside him. His mother pulls Olga aside.
2: She says Mark could
1: answer the questions, but isn't able to, because he's not paying attention. Olga nods her head. What about a stress ball? Later, Olga tells me that she knows it's not enough, but it's something one father stops to tell the teacher that his wife says she's patient and gives her time Olga is humbled and so happy that day after day nearly all the parents get their children to class no matter what she tells her principal that she's surprised so many parents are listening in on her classes she feels like she's teaching the parents also it's week four And Olga has made a hard decision. She will test each of her students in reading. She doesn't have to. Her boss has canceled standardized testing for the fall. In fact, their edict is to teach at grade level regardless. Accelerate learning. Don't backtrack. But Olga is adamant. She needs solid information. It's going to show how my teaching, good or bad, if I'm producing or not, She says that if it shows some students like James are on level A, the lowest reading level, that will mean he cannot read, okay? If it's the middle of the year and he's still on letter A, man. To move forward, Olga says, she has to meet her students where they are. If not, they will be lost. Qué rico. Oye, ¿qué tan rico en casa? it's the day for family posters Dime the antonio. ones the parents worked on with the children Olga makes a slideshow, and the children and the parents light up as Olga almost sings Ayde, que nos impresionó
2: mucho la, lotería, y, la quinceañera, y el
1: mariachi wow, And Haide's poster is impressive, a picture of a lottery card game and a quinceanera and a mariachi. Haidei, I'm so proud of your family and your culture, Olga tells her. And And now comes Dana. Her mother is a goalkeeper in a football team, and her dad is on another team. Dana, I want to see your mother play. After the children present, they have a chance to ask each other questions. But mostly, they say what they love about their classmates' posters. I like your flag, Damien, one boy says to another. They are so kind. Still, it's clear every day what Olga and her students are up against. The little girl who's been going to her mother's office sometimes now goes to grandma's house, where there's no internet. On cold days, some children appear on screen wrapped in blankets. Televisions are often blaring. Brothers and sisters are running around or in their own classes. It's so noisy that Olga wishes she could buy them all headphones.
2: One day, when Olga
1: tells the students to write or draw a story, one little girl crumbles, tears falling down her face. The other students try to comfort her. They tell her, we are with you. A man in the background also asks why she's crying, but he does not comfort her. Olga suggests the other students write a comforting word in the chat. She tells the girl to stay after class. Later, Olga tells me she suspects the child can't see well and might have a headache. It exposes another tension in online school. Olga often hears parents frustrated when their children struggle. One mother hit her daughter when she refused to speak up. Olga says she understands that these parents are desperate for their children to do well. Olga loves teaching science. Often, students who are not reading or writing well wow her with their observations. The first unit is about habitats. One day, she plays a video about trees. She's going to show how seeds travel.
2: I want you to get a piece of paper, a sheet of paper, okay?
1: Olga's pleased that she can get the children engaged, just like in a regular classroom. There you go. After all, it's less and less likely they'll be back in school anytime soon. Week six. Olga starts the formal reading assessment of her students. It's the first time I see her rattled.
2: So I, I need to show you this. Yes.
1: She points to her grade so book. All I but two students' right. names are in red, so I, and I there are more to test.
2: Uh, I'm very super worried. <laughs> this is my class list, and I had been testing since Monday. But all the letters in red are at high, high risk. Oh. So so far, look at that.
1: And the next day, she tests two little boys. Cool. One of them is James. She asked him to read a book to her. It's a level A book. The easiest. Mm-hmm.
2: Me gusta. Me gusta. Me gusta. Me
1: Mi nombre.
2: He stumbles so
1: much that she takes over and he repeats her words. All the while, his little sister's making a ruckus, and James smiles his wide, toothy smile. He grins like he can't help it every time he gets attention.
2: Con tu mami, con tu papi. The next week,
1: Olga calls a parent meeting. It's about the reading test results. Okay. Bueno,
2: que nada Olga says the, the, the
1: meeting is going to be short super, but important.
2: important. Uh,
1: she tells them that the 17 students in her class were very affected by the pandemic. And this is what she wants them to hear. Not one child is where he or she should be in reading. In most years, she has eight or 10 children at or above grade level. This year, she has none. Esta vez, cero. But she pivots immediately to how they'll confront this. She'll create small groups where children can get individual attention based on how they learn. She tells the parents it's no one's fault, but she needs their help. She ends by declaring that she's excited, and this is a historic moment. Together, they'll beat the pandemic. She then asks, do you have any questions?
2: Preguntas, no.
1: No one responds. Olga later says she thinks that they didn't have questions because they trust her. She's the teacher. She should know how to fix it. Just as Olga's about to exit the meeting, one mother pipes in. Hola, ¿cómo Ay, <laughs> it's Olga's birthday, and all the mothers want to wish her a happy birthday. Wow. They tell her she's a beautiful teacher, the best teacher. James plays her a special teacher birthday song he found on the Internet. Olga leaves feeling a little brighter. Today was quite a day. Is ready to launch into her plan to help her students catch up. She split them into small reading groups for individual attention. They all got new workbooks based on their levels. But immediately, that ambitious plan is dealt a blow. She was going to have four groups of four students, each learning with one adult herself, the student teacher, the teacher assistant, and the special education teacher. But in late October, I find Olga in a Google breakout room working with fully half the class. The bilingual special education teacher, who was supposed to take the lowest group, suddenly transferred schools. The class got a sub, but she doesn't speak Spanish. And Olga is adamant it's too early for these children to be taught to read and write in English. The foundation is not
2: ready. They they will get the English as a second language when we're doing science, social studies, because once they set up the foundation of the Spanish, it's amazing how the brain just transfers.
1: And Olga knows it could take a while to get a replacement, let alone one who speaks Spanish. Chicago Public Schools is still trying to find 260 special education teachers this year. Despite all this, at the end of the quarter, Olga is hopeful. Mm She points to the little victories, like the one that happened when she made a book into a little play.
2: No me comas, señor Leon. No me comas, señor Leon. Estoy de buen humor. The
1: girl playing the mouse hardly ever speaks in class. When she said yes, I'm like, what? She feels now so safe. This was a main goal at the beginning of the year. Olga's feeling good about this. I'm trying to make this teaching.
2: A safe place, a way where the kids can be kids, where learning is fun, where I can forget about what's happening in my
1: house for a little bit. Yet some things keep her up at night. The pandemic is getting worse. The testing site right outside has never been so busy.
2: Today, there were two lines, one for cars and one for people. And I'm not kidding you, there were like 150 people in line.
1: More fathers seem to be at home. She takes it as a sign that they're out of work. How are they paying rent or getting food? She imagines they're scared and angry. The children feel this, she says. And Olga's most worried for the children who are way below grade level and whose parents aren't or can't be supportive. She wants for all her children what she wants for James. I want to make a change in his life. Like
2: I want to make him realize that...
1: He can make it. But right now, she can't do that. As it is, she feels like too many of her students are slipping
0: farther and farther away. Sarah, thank you so much for letting us share your powerful reporting. Check your feed Sunday morning for our latest COVID-19 Q&A with our regular guest, infectious disease expert Dr. Mia Taramina. Thanks for listening. For more Reset interviews and the occasional special from the WBEZ newsroom, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating and a review. That helps other listeners find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ
0: and NPR.